Hey everyone, I'm Caitlin Barnard. And I'm Victor Gamow. In this series, we chat with software developers and technology leaders to tackle your biggest API connectivity challenges. Stay tuned to this episode for tools, tactics, strategies that will help you to take your distributed architectures to the next level. Let's begin. So today, I'm joined by Victor Farsik, developer advocate at Upbound. Victor is going to talk to us today about the importance of enabling developers to manage infrastructure. Or I would correct myself saying, enable developers to manage everything, infrastructure, applications, everything. So I guess, can we dive right in? Can you give us a rundown of the importance of that? You know, Why are we talking about enabling developers to really manage all aspects of, of what they're doing? I believe that we need to break the vicious cycle of me asking you to do something and then that something goes in a cube and you're available to do that something and so on and so forth. There is actually data to back uh, back it up that self-sufficient teams are always more efficient than uh, teams that depend on each other. And to be self-sufficient means that, hey, you need to write code of your application, you need to test your application, you need to create the infrastructure you need, uh, you need to deploy your applications and so on and so forth, right? So we are talking about teams taking control of a full life cycle of their applications from the from having an idea, hey, uh, my application should do this until that application is up and running in production successfully. In this series, we're talking all about how the different problems and topics that we're chatting about relate back to connectivity um, and common connectivity challenges that teams are facing. Can you give us a little overview of how that relates to um, really what you're doing with extending the Kubernetes API? Actually, a combination of Kubernetes API and scheduler. Or to be more precise, it's it's the whole idea that when we want to do something, we should propagate information about what we want to do to some API and let the scheduler uh, manage or figure out what needs to be done, right? So it's very similar to the operator model that we have in Kubernetes. We do not necessarily say, hey, run this application for me. Instead, we say, uh, when we communicate with Kubernetes, we say, hey, I have this application and I would like it to run successfully inside of a cluster. Uh, whether that means that you should scale up or scale down, whether you should run it on this node or that node is not anymore our job. It's not, we are not imperative in that sense anymore. We are more defining the desired state. And when we translate that to infrastructure, we get something similar, right? We are defining the state of what we want to do instead of executing commands that will create something or destroy something or scale something and so on and so forth. So it's a conceptually very different approach uh, between being imperative and being declarative and more importantly than that, letting some, some other process somewhere, in this case scheduler, make sure that those desires or desired states are fulfilled and continue to be fulfilled. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use Kubernetes as an example here, but Kubernetes itself can be really complex. Um, and not everyone at a company is going to be a Kubernetes expert. Can you talk a little bit about how the people at the company who are the Kubernetes experts can enable those developers or folks who maybe aren't to manage that without having to submit a ticket for every request? Yes. So it's, it's all about really creating services that others can consume instead of fulfilling requests from others. 
if you take, let's say, AWS or Google Cloud or Azure as example, they're doing precisely that. They're that they're considered almost like a team that provides services to people in a company, right? And they do not provide those services by you saying, hey, dear AWS, can you create a node, a server for me? No, they create a service that we can consume, right? And those services are much easier than if you would try to figure out all that by ourselves. Even infrastructure people, people who are deep into infrastructure, very often do not understand how hypervisors work because that is... Uh, simplified for them, right? Now, if we move towards developers, the job of experts, let's say, and those experts can be security experts, networking experts, infrastructure experts, and so on and so forth. The job of those experts is not to do stuff for others, but to create a service that is consumable by other teams with just enough details to cover the needs of those teams. Like if you say, hey, uh, I will allow the developer to create a cluster. Let's say a Kubernetes cluster. That developer doesn't care about subnets, doesn't probably even know what subnets or VPCs are. That developer cares, hey, I need a big cluster or a small cluster. I need it to run in the US or in Europe, right? Some relatively basic questions, which are actually not necessarily basic for that developer, but basic from the perspective of, a person who spends all his life, every single day, dealing with infrastructure, right? So we want to enable developers by giving them services with just the right level of abstraction that those developers have freedom to do what they want without going completely crazy, right? Without uh, uh, having to spend a year trying to figure out how that something works because we don't have that that amount of time. And one of the things we've been talking a lot about at Kong recently is it's really not a great experience for a development team or an ops team to kind of, you know, someone makes a technology decision and then that's thrown at them without having any say over it and they have to manage it or use it, something like that. I'm really curious, how does this influence now how developers and ops teams can pick technology? It's, it's a bit complicated, right? Because... Uh... You want developers to pick the technology because you want them to be self-sufficient. And you cannot be self-sufficient. You cannot uh, take control of your life, of your situation, of your project without making those decisions. But on the other hand, you're not equipped to make those decisions very often. Like if you ask developer, hey, uh, should you should you run it in uh, uh, zone A or zone B? He doesn't know that. He cannot make those decisions, but he should still have the right to do those decisions, right? We should have different levels of abstraction. And then I, as a person, can choose which layer of or level of abstraction suits me, right? I want it to be just dummy. I want a cluster. I don't care where it runs, uh, how big it is, and so on and so forth. I can do that. You want to go deeper? Excellent. You want to go even deeper? Excellent. And ultimately, it always there always needs to be a choice, pro-choice person in terms that, hey, if you want to uh, create a cluster from scratch by yourself, great, do it because... It's your application. You're responsible for it. You will suffer the consequences or reap the benefits. If you want to use the service that I prepared for you that will simplify that for you, even better, right? Because then my work, uh, you're benefiting from my work. As long as it is clear that I'm not responsible for your decisions, right? Using my service or creating from scratch or anything between does not remove responsibility from the team that is consuming that something. You know, diving a little bit into that, when you're creating these services or defining these opinions, 
How do you enforce them? You know, how do you make sure that you're putting all this hand, all this power in the hands of other teams? How do you make sure that nothing goes awry and we're not at the end of the day creating more work, you know, for the team providing those services? It's complicated, right? Uh, you employ a bunch of policies and say you can do this, you cannot do that. And uh, you combine those policies with some kind of obstructions, right? So like what I mentioned before, and in our case, we call it composites that, hey, I'm going to combine those 57 different types of resources into something very simple for you to consume. And I'm going to create policies in parallel with that that will prevent you from going crazy. So let's say if I have an abstraction or composite that says, hey, pick how many nodes you want in your cluster, I would have a policy that says it cannot go above six. If you create it and it goes above six, then you will get a warning that Hey, that's so I see it almost like I have a, a daughter, a small one, and uh, sometimes we go bowling and then I do not throw the ball for her, right? That completely ruins the fun element. But I do lift the rails so she cannot go outside of the lane. So it's completely okay. She can do anything she wants with the ball. She can miss all the uh, pins or she can uh, have a strike but she cannot go outside of the lane because I lifted the rails for her, right? So it's a choice with uh, guardrails in a way. Yeah, I love that analogy. I'm not sure we mentioned it at the beginning, but Crossplane is um, completely open source and a sandbox project of CNCF, correct? Correct. It's sandbox right now. I think we are moving to the next uh, level in um, probably before, before this gets aired, it will not be sandbox anymore. All right. At least that's the plan. Any other final comments before you know we close this out for the viewers? I don't know. Like try it out uh, and ping me if you need any help. Cool. Yeah, that's the spiel I'm going to give. That you know, be sure to check out the um, links in the description. There'll be links out to Crossplane, to Victor to get more information, and you know all the resources that we have to really enable. Um, your teams to shift left and empower developers to manage their own infrastructure and everything as we talked about. So um, thanks everyone for joining us on Comcast today and we'll see you next time. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast using your favorite application so you don't miss a new episode. Don't forget to drop us a comment if you have any questions for today's guests or if there's a topic you'd like to see us cover in the future. For more content from today's guest, you can join us on YouTube to see demo segment from this episode of Comcast. We'll see you next time.